another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. It's that time of the week. We have Jenny Baxter of SAPeople.com sitting in Antibes in France looking fairly fabulous. And I'm Melanie Walker coming at you from Johannesburg. How are you, Jen? Um, and Melanie's also looking very fabulous and much better from her recent COVID issue. Uh, we're really well. We're very lucky, I'm saying optimistically, because it, is, it looks like it is going to rain today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard there have been terrible fires in Europe and I was going to say all the expats, but everybody in Athens has been told to stay at home today. Oh, really? Even though the conditions are a little bit better today, apparently there's a little bit of humidity in the air, but raging fires right Ooh. around the city. So that, so that, you know, the particles in the air, it's just so dangerous. Mm, shame, man. Yeah. No, that is a bit of a thing. Um, I must say, just going back to the COVID thing for a moment, I went for my first vaccination last week, finally, because you have to wait. And you're sitting there and working, how many days do you have to wait? Is it from when you had symptoms or when you got the, the COVID um, positive kind of um, result? So I waited 40 days and I went for my first thing. They said, you may feel some slight discomfort in your arm around the area of the vaccination site. I still can't lift my arm up to shoulder height five days later. <laughs> oh, no. And, and but apart from that, it's fine. I mean, it was, you know, Did you get no your issues antibodies tested beforehand just to see how many antibodies no. you had? No. Because it's kind of interesting. I know somebody here who has 1,000, over 1,200, which kind of makes her very safe. Mm. And, um, and, and they did that during the Cannes Film Festival. You know, you either had to show a vaccination pass, a PCR test, or your antibodies. Mm. Which I oh, was maybe cool. I'll do it after the second vaccination. Yeah, I know there's still a lot of people. Be... We'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, rather safe than sorry, I say. I know a lot of people, and the way I've seen it now is with everybody going anti-vax or pro-vax or whatever it is and the fighting that goes on on social media. You know what? We've been living through this lockdown and masks and everything for the, like the last year and a half almost. It's about time you got with the program. Yeah. Did you see, you know, we did an article this week, which I thought was really good and very clearly set out and explained. And it's two senior lecturers from Mm -hmm. University of KwaZulu-Natal and Wits University. And they just basically went through six of the main myths in the world, but particularly in South Africa where people are quite reluctant, and addressed the myths and, and explained it so so well, you know, so, mm. so for anybody who's still got, I know so many people who have friends and family that they worried about who won't get vaccinated. I think it's quite a good article to send them, you know, it's very sensible. Well, anybody who says to me, I'm definitely not getting vaccinated. Well, I'm saying, well, enjoy your time at home then, because we'll, we'll be going out. You've got, you're the one who now needs to stay at home so you can stay safe. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And, and have you seen places like Mauritius? where they're offering people who've been double vaccinated to come on holiday and just to be safe for the first two weeks, you do need to stay in your hotel, Mm -hmm. but it's 14 resorts. And so staying in your hotel, you know, you still have access to the beach, to the swimming pools, beautiful restaurants. So, you know, you just have a an exquisite island holiday in your resort for, for two weeks. Nothing wrong with that. If you're fully vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, I mean, the vaccines are coming in. Us. Um, I mean, now a lot of the public clinics are actually giving people the option of having the Pfizer or the J&J. I think going the Pfizer route, apparently, according to – I went to a different pharmacy – they say that the Pfizer route is probably more efficacious against the Delta variation, yes. which has been happening in Johannesburg. Um, so how, what, we've got over 3 million people fully vaccinated, I think? Yes, that's correct. And 7.5 million have at least one vaccine so far. Mm. 
and those were the stats from President Ramaphosa on Monday. Mm. And I think America just sent its first 5.6 million Pfizer doses. So thank you. Thank you to the United States. They've sent all over Africa. Yeah, that's great. We need to be helping developing companies, countries, not companies, not developing companies. I mean, goodness me, Melanie. Anyway, so, I mean, I'm sure the main story, of course, was going to have to be about how proud South Africans are of Tatiana. Oh, Um, fantastic. Yeah. You you know, um, what I love is that her father even said, you know, Tatiana's story and her success at the Olympics, getting gold, silver and breaking a world Mm -hmm. record, really lifted South Africans out of um, that essay unrest and the, and the negative energy. It, it was just what South Africa needed. And uh, I just, I love this, like this theme of humbleness. I don't know if, that, if that's the word or humility, but I like the word humble. Mm-hmm. With South Africa's Olympic heroes, you know, Bianca Batendach as well, who won silver in the surfing. You know, Tatiana, when she arrived at, at Johannesburg yesterday and her parents were interviewed, you know, one of the first things her mum said was, yes we are proud but you know it takes a village to raise a child and Mm. then went on to list all the you know many people who who helped her daughter's success so that was beautiful and then and then Bianca I don't know if you saw we published her um her message because obviously she's leaving the professional Mm -hmm. sporting world now and she wrote such a touching message about how since her father passed away in 2015 it made her you know reassess what success is and her goals in life and just how important family is and home is and she dedicated her medal her silver medal to her mum who had fought and survived two cancers in one year and she said, you know, this is for my mom and for all the other people who have these small victories every day that, that nobody sees and that they deserve the medals more than her. So I just, I just, oh, I just love how humble they all are. Getting you know, out of, Rather than, <laughs> you know, clapping It's all me, me, me. And, Look, my, yeah, my yeah. small victory is managing to get out of bed every morning at the moment. <laughs> oh, no, I give you gold. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, I'm here. I'm running around. And then, of course, um, Namibia. Uh, what's the name of the person in M- N- N- Namibia? Or Nambia. Or Nambia, as, <laughs> as, as the Trump, Trump would have called it. Yeah. Former President Trump. Um, Christina Mboma. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's made Namibians really happy winning silver last night in the 200 meters. A slight, slight, really slight controversy, but, but not really a controversy. It's the wrong word. But, you know, she only found out recently that she couldn't run in the 400 meters, similar to Caster Semenya. Mm-hmm. Her testosterone levels, as well as one of her compatriots, actually, their testosterone levels were too high to, to be allowed in 400 meter and higher. Yeah. So um, that sounds strange. Yeah. So they were allowed into the 200 meter and she came second. And um, it's the first time that a Namibian woman has ever won an Olympic medal. So that's fantastic. <laughs> so well done to her. Yeah, and well, the big the big news, of course, in our house, and and the big screams of joy and everything, of course, this past Saturday <laughs> was when the Boca got their heads out their butts and went off and, and did the big win. Uh, oh, in what a big of course. win! Yeah, um, it just got. I mean, poor old Russi is in so much trouble though for for the interview that he did afterwards about um, the first test. Yeah, and um, you know, frankly, I, I as South Africa's ex first female rugby presenter, yeah, I tend to agree with him. 
You know, we all sit there and we always blame the ref. And, and one thing I've always said is there's certain people who do not watch rugby with my brother is one of them. You get out the room and go and watch it somewhere else because it's just, it's exhausting with the screaming of the, the ref. <laughs> but, you know, why shouldn't they? I know he, apparently he's broken the rules of misconduct and whatever. Yeah. But why shouldn't he be allowed to say what he thinks, quite frankly? I mean, if it's true, that's not misconduct. Sure, you're not supposed to maybe go out and do it in a, in a public forum, but why not? I mean, if, the, if it's true, then it must be spoken about. That's all there is to it. So anyway, I'm wishing the book a big yes for this coming Saturday as well Actually, for the final so test. Yeah, yeah. Mm. In Cape mm. Town. So is it because of COVID that, that all these matches have been in Cape Town? I would imagine so. I think it's probably... <sighs> You know, why would they want to come up to Johannesburg? <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> My brother sent me a picture of, of Cape Town uh, yesterday. It was just absolutely exquisitely beautiful. They've been having lovely weather. So, yeah, you know. Ted, why? Ted sent me a picture, you know, um, Ted Burton, mm. who writes for SA People, a travel editor. And um, he was down at the, at the swimming pool, which is just uh, so beautiful at Sea Point. Mm. And it was just him and the seagulls. And I think his wetsuit. A, a wetsuit would be definitely <laughs> necessary to swim anywhere in Cape Town, I'm afraid to say. But it was a blue okay, blue so what, do we got, what news have we got for expats? Well, um, that Delta has – so anybody in the U.S. Um, You're talking Delta about Delta Airlines now, correct. not Delta oh, variant yes. of COVID. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, how confusing. Yeah, Delta Airlines has restarted its Atlanta-Johannesburg route, mm -hmm. I think at least three flights a week. And, and the great thing is that, you know, in Atlanta, it's only one stop to every other U.S. city. Mm. So it's non-stop Johannesburg to Atlanta and then one stop to everywhere. So the acting CEO of SA Tourism said that South Africa is ready to welcome back visitors and is open for business those were his words mm -hmm. so because lots of people got crossed with our article but he said it and um why did they get crossed with your article saying what people shouldn't be coming here because you know travel should still be held back is that yeah, the reason yeah 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 yeah. Okay. But but you know the Americans are m many of them of the majority of them are double vaccinated and I don't think they can travel if they're not double vaccinated. So please, I think that they should travel to South Africa and and enjoy the beauty. And then also later today, if anybody's listening on Wednesday at 7:30 p.m., Natasha mm -hmm. Mazzoni, you know, um she's an MP, she's the DA chief whip and she mm -hmm. recently became an Italian um, knight. She, she was, I don't know, that's how you say it, but she was, she was bestowed the Italian knighthood, the equivalent, mm -hmm. um, for fighting for a just society in South Africa. She will be speaking on an online event at 7.30 SA time about the recent unrest, where we're at now, what's happening, and South Africans abroad can ask questions as well. There'll be a Q&A session. So okay, fantastic. Get it okay, the then I, <clears throat> that's great. I mean, getting um, Dion Mayer getting a French knighthood and South Africans getting the British ones and the Italian ones. We're, we're and doing Tuli good things. Yeah, yeah Tuli Madoncella as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. she got the French one. Has has Theron? Has she been given the, the order of anything at some stage? No, but I hope that she does at some point. But then she lives in the United States, and I don't think they do that, do they? They don't mm -mm. give out knighthoods. Um, they just give out gold statues, yeah. Yeah, so she may just get herself another gold statue because she really does do so much for, you know, she gets so much flack um, from some 
particular South Africans, but she, she really does do so much for South Africans back home. And, and actually right now, she's got a competition on where you could win a Ferrari, a bright red Ferrari. <laughs> Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even enter for free, but otherwise you can enter like packages and it's really good. It's like $5 for five tickets, $10 for 20 tickets, you mm-hmm. know, so, so the more you pay, the more tickets you get. Yeah. And all the money will be going to her Charlize Theron Africa Outreach Project, which helps prevent the spread of HIV and AIDS, and it helps the children and does education. It's just, it's just wonderful. So thank you, Charlize. If you win that Ferrari, let me know. I want, I want a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, I could do the Ferrari, then I'd sell it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, you know, the, the, there's so many Ferraris here, and I have to say, Ferraris and motorbikes are just the noisiest vehicles in the world. I get mad. It depends on the motorbike. Harleys, oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm speaking to the wrong person. Sorry. A, and a Ducati <laughs> with um, some really nice arrow high pipes. Oh, that would be good. It's my fav- one of my favorite sounds in the world, the second one being one of the, um, uh, well, the DBs, uh, James Bond, Aston Martin. Oh, uh, yeah, those. a friend of the mine Vanquish. has one. I can't remember if it's the Vantage or the Vanquish, which I love the sound of. I, I get really like, whoa. <laughs> it's a fantastic thing. I okay, get like that for those planes that go overhead. You know the bomber planes? Oh, yeah. That break the barrier, the sound barrier. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you've, you've got a story which is fairly close to my heart um, about plant poaching. Tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, I don't know if you were aware of this. Um, mm. It made, okay, of course you were. It made front page uh, news of the New York Times International national um, paper so I actually saw it on the cover of the New York Times Mm. international edition but it also made the normal New York Times Mm. newspaper back in the States and basically South Africa's biodiversity is under a severe threat because of plant poaching and it's particularly these succulents called conophytans Mm. is that how you say Mm -hmm. it and they're really beautiful I mean I recognize the pictures you know with the pink flowers and the yellow flowers that pop out of them I'm sure you've seen them your friends you know succulents have become so popular in the last few years and then so the poaching apparently began in about 2018 Mm. but it is now so severe because of the last year and a half of lockdown because people all over the world haven't been able to go out so much so they've all been um gardening in no, but they've been doing the plants that you can have indoors. Mm. And these are, of course, indoor, you know, indoor plants. So the deserts in South Africa are just being, not vandalized, um, poached. Just basically poached, yeah. And there, there's, you know, special detectors that this is all that they're working mm. on at the moment. Mm. And it turns out that South Africa actually has the third highest number of succulents. Oh, no, it has a third of all the world's succulents. Mm, mm. Oh, no, our succulent species are amazing. They are fantastic. But it's not just this this particular succulent. It's also, I mean, this is why they brought in that you have to get a license for your cycas, not cycas, cycad, the encephalitis, you know, our our indigenous ones, because people were just going wherever up to, you know, to Mpumalanga or Limpopo, going and just pulling them out, taking them home. And that license for that plant is dedicated to you as a person, so you can take your plant with you. But whenever you oh, go yeah. from a province to another province, you have to get an import or a road thing that you yeah. have to get a license to take it out of the province and into a next province. So if you're going down just to Durban from Johannesburg, for instance, if you're translocating, you'd have to get one for Gauteng for Mpumalanga because you go through Mpumalanga for about 10 minutes yeah. and then a free state. 
and then for KwaZulu-Natal, in and out, to be able to actually transport. And then um, there's other plants as well, the blue squirrel, um, Sillonatalensis, which is a very great, it's a beautiful big blue flowered plant they, they were thinking about doing the same thing that you have to actually license those plants because they're being decimated by people pulling them out for medicinal purposes as well I could talk to you about plants all day you know that right. but I won't, I won't so get into it because you know with this um, they're saying it's just collectors they're not saying it's, it's not. medicinal it's collectors and actually the biggest drive is coming from China and Korea uh, they didn't say north or south but I'm presuming South Korea and it used to be foreigners mm. who were who were doing all the poaching, but because of the lockdowns, it's now local people who are being sent the GPS coordinates um, of where the, the yes. little colonies are. Yeah, and where to but I mean, they, they've it. got the same thing. I mean, even driving out to Hartbeersport, you'll see people on the side of the road who are selling these huge aloes, and they've been pulled out of the felt. I mean, that's also annihilating the biodiversity. So we always try and you know say to people by teaching them, please don't buy these plants from the people on the side of the road because it's actually they're stealing plants and selling them. And we understand that people need to make a living, but exactly. they're also completely annihilating the environment. So people, please be a little bit more ethical when you think about what you're going to do and where you're getting your plants from. Okay. Yeah, it's that's, kind that's of my last me word on that. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are, uh, local good news? Well, just this morning, KFC at Hope have just said that they are donating another million food packages to those who need it in KwaZulu Natal and Gauteng. Fantastic. Where it's really bad. I, I don't think those of us outside of South Africa just realise how how bad the food shortage is for many people. Mm in parts of South Africa and obviously not all. And so, you know, a big shout out to them and thank you for that. And as they say themselves, they are not the only ones. There are many corporates who really are helping right now. But it's so easy um, with KFC because, I mean, you go through and they say, well, if they remember, uh, we say, and don't forget to add the two rand for the ad hope. At the end, when you're ordering on the drive-through or whatever, it's two rand. Oh, and so all nice. you have to do is just give two rand every single time. And that's how much money comes up. Brilliant. That is so good. Um, mm. and, and then there was, also, there was also a lovely story that came out of Cape Town. You know, people have been paying it forward with tips. And mm-hmm. one guy anonymously um, tipped some people in a Thai restaurant in Durbanville, giving, giving each of the staff members, I think, 500 rand. So it came to 6,000 6, rand tip altogether. Jeez. Pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> well, I always said if I won the lotto, one of the things I would do is there are certain routes that I travel every day, and I see, you know, the guys that sit on the side of the road waiting, and the people know where they are if they need builders or woodworkers or laborers to go and do that. So they sit in certain places, and I thought I'd love to just like, even if it was just once a month, because I wouldn't want them to get too used to it, <laughs> to go and take like a, a whole bunch of 100 rand notes for all the guys who haven't been chosen to go and work that day, to just go and say, here, 100 yeah, rand for each of you yeah. that are sitting there. That would be the, the one thing I would do if I won the lotto. Absolutely. I have this pretty wealthy friend in Johannesburg who, a well-known artist, cut a hundred rand notes, mm-hmm. cut the, 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 the very tips of them, and then she sells it to someone in Joburg mm-hmm. okay, as a piece of art. All the little tips that have been cut off are put into a frame on a painting, and mm-hmm. it's really beautiful looking. You're then left with this batch of notes mm-hmm. and then at the traffic lights you give out these 
notes. Mm-hmm. It was really, really nice until they found out that they actually are defacing money and you can't yeah, really okay. do that. <laughs> so it was a nice idea and it was, it was really beautiful and the recipients were very happy and I think they were able to use it, but um, it's been stopped. Uh, okay, yeah, so, so it'll just be no artwork. More. Throw your money away. There you go. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you're throwing your money away by buying art. I'm a very much a, a person who's always like you know going out and promoting the arts in every single form. I'm just joking. Some art though. Sometimes I walk around and I'm like, mm, but is it an ism rather? <laughs> Do you remember that song? Is it an ism or is it art? But yeah, uh, yeah. God, that was in the 80s, wasn't it? Gosh, I don't remember. No, oh, it was fantastic then. Okay, what other what other um, thing? Oh, babies. Let's talk babies. I wonder how many, I'd love to know how many people fell pregnant during the lockdown period last year, and what the baby boomers are. They all going to be called Covidians, the ones <laughs> the babies that have been born in the last kind of five months or so. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that is. So true. Well, you know that Costa Semenya has announced she's expecting her second child Aww. with her wife, Violet. And your favorite, the Kiffness, David Scott, has, yeah. has announced for anybody who cares, and that, again, that's his word, um, for anybody who cares, it's a boy. And, and he, did you see he, did a, he posted a picture of the, the scan with a mm-hmm. big arrow towards how you can tell it's a boy. Where it's, where it shows it's a boy. Yeah, I still okay. can't tell. But apparently it's, it's worthy of being called Big Billy. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the man, he makes us laugh. That is an, it, it, that's the thing. We need people to amuse us and entertain us. And yeah. I, I see, I mean, everybody's been talking here about Devil's Door oh, on Showmax. I haven't watched it yet. And I was, I, I, there's a couple of people who on, on Facebook have said, oh, and I'm saying, okay, I don't know much about it. I just wanted to get what people were saying about it. And they said, no, no, you must watch it. It's, and I looked and I saw it's more like a documentary kind of style thing. Oh, and I said, so should well. I watch it? And they all said, yes. Yeah. So I said, okay, so broad strokes, tell me why. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been getting people to say to me why. So I will be watching that. Well, the feedback that I've got is that, so it's on Showmax. And if you live overseas, you can watch it as well. It's on Showmax International. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. It's, it's a real in-depth look and, and a look at things we didn't know before about the Krugersdorp killings, you know, so it mm-hmm. is real stuff, but it's interviews with real experts, interesting people, and such a look at, you know, South Africa and how, the, you know, religion in South Africa, mm-hmm. you know, how this was all fodder for, for what came to be, you know, I mean, huge tragedy, but also mm-hmm. intriguing. One of my friends said, you know, you can't, you can't binge watch this. It's four episodes. It mm-hmm. is so powerful and hard-hitting that you need to only watch one or two at a time. Okay. Yeah. So I'll oh, do please that. Watch I'll get my girls me. to watch it. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll get my kids to watch it okay. in the trick they can do with some of this information. Now, you've got something here about Val Kilmer, my friend from Ghost and Ghost in the Darkness. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I put it in because you, I know that you <laughs> love him. And I don't know if I've ever said this before, but when I interviewed him for like an hour, mm-hmm. he spoke in a South African accent the entire time just for me because he just, maybe he learned the South African accent from you. No, um, no, he, he'd he'd already, he already had the Amer- the, done the American accent in, what, what was it, South The African. Saint? No, no, he didn't learn. Oh, yeah. He was in The Saint and he played an, a South African actor, um, uh, artist, as one of his characters in that movie. Yes, yes, yes. And he already and had he started. And that's when he fell in love with this, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Working with him was interesting. Well, so now there's a, a documentary. So basically most of his life he has 
filmed himself or had people filming him, so even before he became famous. And they've put together all this footage, but at the Cannes Film Festival, this documentary got the most, the most really? heat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does he it's look anything really like good. he used to still? Because I saw pictures of him where no, he doesn't no. look like him at all. No, because he had, um, he had cancer, mm, you mm. know, so he's, he's bloated. He, he looks very different. But there's something about him that just is inspiring. He's, mm. I mean, he's, he's, okay. he's unique. We'll give he's a, very unique. And that's coming up and, on and that, Prime Video, hey? On Prime Video, 6th of August. Okay. So All right, and we're running out of time here a little bit. So oh, what have we got coming up on, on sapeople.com? The very first transgender Miss South Africa contestant. We have a video interview with her. A beautiful story about the first South African swimmer to ever get a medal, which was back mm-hmm. in 1932. And her mother had to put a bond on her house in order for her to travel to LA. So Aww. quite heartwarming. Um, and then and then the you know resurgence of drive-ins in South Africa. The whole Yay. world is falling in love with drive-ins, but South Africa particularly All love drive-ins up. i miss the feldskin the not shoes the feldskin drive-in remember uh, the feldskin drive-in no, and I the don't. top star no, <laughs> oh no of course because you you're not a joe burger you wouldn't know about these things not a joey's oh like no. the some of us we had one in belita then we used to watch falling stars i always found that divine fascinating yeah. oh, it was a friday night thing in our family every friday night we'd be going off and when i was in matric was every wednesday night i'd go with my boyfriend to the drive-in and i went to the very last showing of the a film at the feldskin before it closed down as well it was Aww. very sad well maybe Aww. maybe they'll eventually reopen it since there is this research let's hope so it's okay. such a wonderful thing for kids to do as well yeah. thank you janella Wellafella. Mm-hmm. we will catch up with you again next week everybody don't forget to get along to sapeople.com either the site or pop along onto their uh, Facebook page for all the good news coming out of South Africa and of course some wonderful pictures and we'll catch you again next week bye 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 Mel thank you you've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts